4: your bag and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Maggi.
5: Hello again and welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Steven Maggi. You know, sometimes an opening act can be just as important as the main attraction. One of the very best in the business is Dennis Blair. He joins us today. You'll get to meet the man who opened for such greats as Rodney Dangerfield and George Carlin. Later, we'll combine golf and a pinball game and have lots of fun at a place called Top Golf. We'll have all the details. Finally, Scott Robin, your Vegas insider, tells us exactly why Loki Dragon is closed. And after only a year, there's a lot of reasons for it. And Scott, of course, is on top of it. John Fogarty? Left a good job in the city. What am I, an idiot? If you've heard the name Dennis Blair or not, but if you've been to any number of great, great comedy acts, you've seen him. He's been the opener for such greats as Rodney Dangerfield, George Carlin, Jackie Mason, The Beach Boys, tons of people. We'll talk to him all about that. But this guy's done it all, and I can't wait to talk to him, Dennis Blair, who lives in Las Vegas and plays there in a number of places. We'll talk about that too. Dennis, welcome. Uh, do you ever get bored with life? I mean, my God, you're a screenwriter, a songwriter, comedic actor. You do. Uh, you've written a book. Uh, uh, what is it you don't do?
0: Uh let's see. I do not I cannot throw a frisbee to save my life. Uh so there you go. So there's one. <laughs> and I do not uh I do not uh, cook well. Not, a, not good... a good uh, No, I I'm not good at preparing food. So those are two. And if you gave me another you know, 10, 15 minutes, I could probably think of about you know, 30 other things that I can't do. But there's some things I can do, so there you go.
5: No, you, you've, you've done it all. You've been with the greats. I mean, you start your career, your uh, work with Rodney Dangerfield. You're his protege, one of the right. greats of all time. What was that like, the first three years uh, going around with him?
0: That was uh, pretty amazing because I, had, you know, I I kind of fell into this comedy career by accident because I was a musician and a songwriter for years and I just started uh, doing clubs in Long Island with my comedy act that I, that I kind of accidentally came up with, doing song parodies. And then I went into Dangerfield one night on their audition night and auditioned there, and it went really well. And then Rodney came. I opened for Jackie Mason the next week. They hired me on the spot to open for Jackie, and then Rodney came and saw me that uh, that week and said, hey, they obviously like what you do. What do you do? And I told <laughs> him, and uh, he took a liking to me and then uh, said, hey, you want to tour with me? And uh, I said, sure, why not? So that was pretty fantastic the way that all came about
5: yeah well you know and, and watching him from the side and talking to him and stuff it has to be a, a, a great inspiration in the sense that this was a guy that's been great for a long time and yet he really didn't hit the big time till you know towards the middle of his life
0: right 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 I, he, it's funny because he was doing well all the time he always did well but it wasn't until Caddyshack when I guess he was like in his early 60s or something that uh, he became like the biggest you know comic in America and I, he that always kind of uh, depressed him a little bit, why right? it took him so long. But, you know, it, hey, I figured it, 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 it happened eventually, so not such a bad thing.
5: Well, Caddyshack and Back to School were great. Another one that was great, and you co-wrote with him, was Easy Money. So, uh, talk, yeah. and, and, you, and you were in that, too, weren't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, they put me in two small parts in Easy Money.
5: Yeah, I mean, was that kind of a blast? Because, again, that's a whole other thing, because you're writing, you're writing comedy, and you're writing for him. It's a, it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah, well, it was, inter- I mean, he, uh, after Caddyshack, he came to me and said, hey, they want to, uh, hey, they want to do, do a movie starring me. So uh, if you come up with any ideas, let me know. And I'd been doing comedy for about six months at that time, and I'm going, okay, the biggest star in comedy just asked me to come up with an idea for a movie for him. So I go running home, and I'm putting my thinking hat on, and I, I come up with the idea for Easy Money, and I come back to him. And I tell him what it is, and he goes, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. And he said, let me think about it. And he uh he, I guess he presented it to the movie company. They, they went for it. He hired, they hired two writers. Uh, he wound up not liking what they did, and he got me on board. Dennis has to be on this, this movie. So he insisted on getting me on as a writer. Uh, so that's how that all happened. And uh, you know, it took us two years around the table at his apartment just to uh, you know, come up with the final the final result. I don't know why it took that long, but that's how that happened. You know, and, then the, and then the director wound up putting me in, in two small parts in that in the film.
5: Well, nice. So we're not going to just talk about Rodney Dangerfield all day, but I got to tell you, I was a huge fan. I used to watch him on Carson and everything, and I bought his albums and "Rap and Rob Rodney," which was one of the sure. best albums. And uh, that you were a part of that too, weren't you?
0: Yep, uh, he wanted. They wanted to do a song with him. Uh, he, there's one thing about Rodney is he, when he when he takes you under his wing, he really takes you under his wing. So I mean, I was his main guy for like three years. So, you know, when they said, I want to do, you have a song you can do, and uh, we came up with the concept for Rap and Rodney, and I just basically took uh, his jokes and, and put them in a rhyme scheme, and uh, came up with uh, that, and then, then somebody else did the melody, I forget who it was, but we wound up recording that, and it got nominated for a Grammy, so it's just. It's an amazing time,
5: you know? Well, that must have been an interesting experience because rap was in its early days there. And usually, when people right. do those things you know, on comedy albums, it sounds really cheesy. And I remember that was well done. And, you know, you incorporated, of course, some of his routines into that music. Right. And, and that's why it was so popular, I think. Because, um, you know, was that something you were trying to be real true to the genre even while you were getting this in?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the way rap music, I guess, when it was in its infancy, then we just, you know, we just wanted to make a kind of a novelty record, but you know, but but keep, but in keeping with, I guess, what was happening at the time. So, uh, and you know, they they went for it. They they put it out. They released it, and they they liked it. And people, even even today, they go, "Hey, Rapid Rodney, I love that song." was "Oh, good, I was part of it."
5: Well, you've been a part of a lot of people's careers, You're an opening act that people don't realize. Can you talk a little about that? Because some people think opening acts is kind of a throwaway they have to fill some time. But in reality, it's really not true because you have to compliment. You can't do the same things necessarily exactly that the headliner is doing. But it's really important to a headliner to get somebody to get people in the right mood and stuff, isn't it?
0: Yeah and and it was it worked out with me because I do musical comedy. So even I could open for comedians. They'd say how can a comedian open for a comedian? Well, first of all, you know, it happens all the time now, but in those days they were thinking usually a comedian opens for a singer or a singer opens for a comedian. But I did both. I do both in my act. So it would it would it would be a good opening act for a headliner because it's comedy and it gets them in the right mood for the headliner and it warms up the crowd, you know, but it has nothing to do with what the headliner does. You know, working with Rodney and later with Joan and then with George Carlin all those years and uh it worked out really well and uh yeah you know, and usually it went it went pretty well too
5: yeah I mean those are three different guys I as I think of it because I'm a big Jackie Mason fan I've interviewed him a few times great guy has right. a certain style you know Rodney's right, got his whole thing sure. and Carlin was just a, a a genius in terms of comedy the right. way they think were you sitting there picking up things from all these people
0: I hope so I mean I would watch them you know and and uh I got different things from other people. Like Rodney would just said always just said you know don't he said get right to the joke you know cut, cut away the fat get you know get to the meat. So I think I I, I learned uh, shortening up my stuff from him and then from Joan, uh, just the presentation. She was such a good presenter. She you know her joke came so rapid fire and I just would watch her and yeah you know I again nothing that I actually sat there and studied and wrote notes on, but I think it all seeped in. And then Carlin of course watching him. Uh, the first night uh, that I opened with him, and I just sat there going, "I, I got to write more because you know the stuff he came up was so prolific, and he came up with a new uh, hour every two years, which is amazing." And I just, I guess you know, I would just kind of come up with stuff occasionally, you know, new things, and I watched him and go, ah, "I got to, I got to put my head to the grindstone here and come up with with more stuff." So yeah, each each one contributed to at least what I tried to do with my shows.
5: And again, I think it's such an important thing because we've all been to headliner acts where the opening act just stinks, you know, and you're going, ah! Oh! And, and consequently, it's really important to have that, And um, it, but it's a whole other environment. I mean, I'm wondering, is there more pressure on you in a way because, you know, if you don't do that, it's easy for them to go, all right, got to get somebody else in here, that kind of thing. So, I mean, is, is that kind of more of a challenge or, or what, Dennis?
0: To me, you mean opening as an opener? Yeah, as an opener. Open, as an opener. Oh, oh, it's a, I think it's a huge challenge because, you know, I mean, the people are not there to see you. They're there to see the headline. So, you know, as soon as, you, as soon as the lights go down, even, though, even if you get billing, even if you're on the marquee, and uh, even if people should be prepared for an opening act, like I would always put my guitar on the stage as people are coming into the theater just so at least they see a guitar there. And maybe put two and two together and think, oh, there must be an opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, still, you know, still there would always be, you know, the lights would always go down and people would just start yelling at Rodney or George, you know, and like you're going, oh God, you know, <laughs> these people. going Then I'm going to come walking out, you know. And sometimes it was hard. You know, I remember um, opening for Rodney once, and the lights. Well, this was one of my uh, first jobs opening for him at a big theater in Philadelphia. The lights went down, the people were going inside. And the, the announcer goes, please welcome to the stage Rodney Dangerfield, opening act. And, of course, no one heard <laughs> opening act. So I heard, yeah. They see Rodney's coming out, and I, I walk out, and the whole place just turned from cheering to like, oh. and I had to And I had to be funny really fast because they hated my guts from that first minute. And that happened you know every once in a while until I told them to change the announcements you know yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah but you know but, but there's always the, like a bit of disappointment when the opening act comes out and uh, we gotta go to this guy so you have to you know the, 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 I guess the main pressure is just to be as funny as possible and make them not hate the fact that you're on the show
5: back with more from musician and comedian Dennis Blair in just a moment you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi driving into Vegas on
6: a Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs.
7: This is talent worth knowing about.
6: Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org.
5: I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psychobabble and that kind of thing. But in reality, this is stuff that... On the surface, may seem like we're going to explore our background, but
8: actually we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are now, where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves.
5: Okay. We're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about, about you and what you're doing?
8: Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at Loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at com.
5: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott?
9: Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else.
5: And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com.
4: Football is coming to Vegas.
9: I felt that one way up here.
4: And your home for all things Raiders is RaiderHistorian.com. Visit RaiderHistorian.com for a look at the game, the philosophy, and the personalities that have made the Raiders one of the most storied franchises in sports. The Dynasty is at RaiderHistorian.com.
5: Just win, baby. Are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds, or is your copay too high? You've got to check out the Rx Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website RxCutDiscounts.com. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Visit RxCutDiscountsAsPoral.com.
4: Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
5: We are back with one of the great opening acts in Vegas, Dennis Blair. Well, and when, you, when you're when you doing stuff like for Rodney or, or George or Joan Rivers, as you said, and so forth, do you try to do kind of different stuff than they do a little bit, you know, funny and kind of for the same crowd, but but just a little bit different so that way it it isn't like you're, you know doing the minor league version in some people's eyes, if they're all waiting to see whoever that person is, you don't want them to think right. that, because that's what they're going to automatically go to, no matter how good it is. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, luckily for me, I mean, I never, my my, my act was never similar to, you know, the people that I opened for. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I never had that problem. Rodney was one-liners, and so was was Joan, basically. And George, of course, was did his brilliant thing. But mine was always song parodies, and and topical humor and stuff like that. So it all all messed well pretty much, you know, over the years.
5: Well, and this is where we get to the Renaissance Man thing, because you did that, but as you said, you brought a lot of music into your uh, comedy, right? I mean, that's always been kind of a, 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 you know, a standard with you. And is it just something that you wanted to get into music originally, comedy, or you wanted to do both, and this was a great way to combine the two? Oh, I always,
0: I never had any intention of getting into the comedy. I've just always wanted to be a musician, a uh, songwriter. I was. Uh, I won the American Song Festival, and in, 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 it was, a, it was a, a song contest in the in the late '70s, and I won that with my writing partner. And uh, so that was my goal. You know, I was gonna like, oh, get a record deal. You know, we had. I had a band. I had a band in those days, and we were trying to get a record deal, and. Uh, I think what happened was I would do these, these bars, and, you know, you, do, you sing in these bars as a musician-singer, and no one's really listening to you. And I would sit there getting frustrated because no one's paying any attention to me. So I just started doing song parodies
5: yeah.
0: uh, out, of, out of anger and frustration to get them to listen to me. And then they started laughing at that stuff, and I and started doing more of that. And that's, that's how that all started. So it was a, a totally accidental career.
5: Well, uh, what a successful career. In fact, you were on The Tonight Show. Now, you're talking about the Johnny Carson days, correct?
0: Johnny Carson days, but Joan Rivers was the substitute host in those days. And I was with her, and she got me on. And uh, she oh, right. had a fight because they didn't like musical comics. They didn't, you know, the, the show, there's a bias against people like me who did music and song parodies and stuff. Um, and they also didn't want to have to have any problem with the rights to the songs and everything like that. But she fought and got me on twice. So oh, that's great. I did this night show twice, and it was, you know, of course, one of the highlights of my life still to this day, you know, just standing there. It wasn't Johnny, uh, but the third time I was going to do it, I was supposed to do it with Johnny, and then she had the big falling out with Johnny, uh, and yeah. actually I was not able to do it. So. You got on <laughs> his so enemies
5: list, right? I mean, it was uh, crazy. Yeah.
0: Really unfortunate. Even, even I know, because it wasn't fair. I didn't do anything. It wasn't me, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, hey, onward and upward, what are you going to do?
5: No, you know, but but she was, uh, she has a great reputation. Is that If she believed in you, she fought for people like Rodney. I mean, they just have great reputations and when they see talent, rather than being scared of them, they take them under their wing and try to do whatever they can to help
0: them. Oh, yeah. Rodney was, I mean, you know, Rodney was crazy in many ways, but I mean, the great thing about him was he was very helpful to comedians that he liked. He had, you know the young comedian special, which I never was on, but but he would you know he would do anything he could to help out somebody that his daughter had talent. So you know you got to give him credit for that. And Joan too. I mean, I, you know if it wasn't for Joan, I wouldn't have ever done the Tonight Show. So yeah, yeah.
5: Know, there well, you go. You know. I— I think everybody should go and check out your website. I think it's really important because they're going to see so much more than just, oh, this is a comedian, this is an opening act, way more than that, a very good one, but there's a ton of stuff. I mean, you won an Emmy Award for both writing and voiceovers for the animated film Confessions of a Stand-Up. Okay, so how do you do that?
0: Well, that was a whole different uh, avenue. My friend John Chainmaker, who's now the uh, head of animation at NYU at the time, was uh, wanted to do a documentary about stand-up, and uh, he's a great animator. And it was a short film; it was a ten or fifteen-minute film. But he had me do the narration, and it was basically an interview with me and my experiences with doing stand-up comedy. And um, I guess I guess they got it submitted to the Emmy. <laughs> they somehow got nominated. Got no, no, got an Emmy. Yeah, uh, yeah That one actually got money. So, you gotta um, check your
5: go check your awards thing, man. And Emmy up there's a big deal, Dennis. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. I keep forgetting. You know, hey, that's okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got that one. I, I keep getting that confused with the glammy we almost got for Rodney, you know?
5: Yeah, right, right. Well, okay. Right. You also wrote a book, Me First, uh, about your right. about your life and working for these celebrities. How do we get a copy of that?
0: Uh, well, hopefully, it will get published soon. It's, I'm still trying to get a publishing deal, so right oh. now it's in my computer.
5: Okay, uh, I'm <laughs> but, sorry. Uh, well, that's good. Well, we got to get that out there. That sounds like an interesting. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> book. would be
0: nice. Uh-huh. That uh, definitely would be nice.
5: You got a couple of uh, stand-up comedy CDs out, right? Live performance, right. anxiety, and Words music, and drunks. Uh, right. Where do we find that?
0: Uh, that uh, you just go to my website and you can order those, and we'll send you whatever there's a. Uh, uh, it, it, it seems, let's see, it's it's in the see guys those two albums you can do those separately or there's there's a uh, my music album which is called I Sleep Naked in the Rain wow. that's that's uh, and if you get it, if you want all three you get them for uh, thirty bucks not uh, bad be like twit, just, yeah what's but your website you
5: tell tell us it's your website.
0: It's DennisBlair.com.
5: That's easy. That's easy. Well, I'm not done quite yet, Dennis. I got to say, you also do stuff. You're around Vegas, and of course, you live there. But, you know, you've done the Joey Bishop bit at uh, these rat pack type shows. And I find that really interesting. Joey Bishop would strike me as kind of a tougher one. Was that a, a tough, you know, try to pick up his mannerisms and stuff? And not a lot of people do Joey Bishop that I know of.
0: Right, and 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 funny because the producer of the show basically, you know, when when the show started, the guy, the original guy who did it was doing his Joey Bishop impersonation. The, the uh, producer of the show told all of us that did Joey Bishop in that show. He said, you know, don't worry, no one remembers Joey Bishop. Just do whatever you want, basically. So, you know, all of us, uh, there were like three of us who did Joey Bishop uh, in the show, and we would just, yeah, you know, do whatever we felt was appropriate just to get the people. Laughing, and uh, but I would try to put a little bit of his inflection in there, you know, uh, just just to make it a little bit of a tribute. And uh, people would come up to me at the end of the show and go, hey, that was a really great Joey Bishop impression you <laughs> did. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> I was a, was, was hardly even realized I was hardly doing an impression, but okay, I'll take that. So, you, yeah, that was another interesting period.
5: Yeah, you, you, you got to take that. Well, let's tell people where they can find you. Now, I know you do some music. You're playing as part of a band, Tuscany Lounge on Fridays, right? Right,
0: right, right. The Tuscany Lounge in Las Vegas, uh, every Friday when I'm in town, not doing comedy, uh, I play bass and guitar and do some singing in a band called the Kenny, Kenny Davidson and the Approximators. It's uh, we uh-huh. we do the first hour ourselves uh, with, with with songs, cover songs, and then uh, he has a different guest guest singer every Friday, and whoever that guest singer is comes and sings songs and we back that singer. So that's just kind of a fun, hoppy kind of a thing. But it it kind of packs the place. So oh, it sounds it's great. Cool. And the Tuscany's yeah, yeah, a cool then,
5: place, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then I'm trying to put together a, a project for next year at some time where, uh, you know, I go to Nashville every three or four months with my songwriting partner and we put down the original songs. And we've gotten uh, them on compilations and our songs are being played now on radio stations in uh, Denmark and the UK and uh, and, and uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a station in the U.S., uh, Ohio in Ohio to start to play some of our stuff. So some of our original stuff is now starting to get some airplay uh, oh, worldwide. Cool. So we're trying to pursue that too. So still, that 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 dream has still not died.
5: You'll hear more from Dennis Blair in a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie.
1: She was with him through the years Through the fights and all the tears Through the blackouts and the beers Well, she stayed, she stayed Through the children asking why
7: Daddy, don't come home I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way, on time, on target, and at a price you can afford. Visit us at BESD.US.
4: Football is coming to Vegas.
9: I felt that one way up here.
4: And your home for all things Raiders is RaiderHistorian.com. Visit RaiderHistorian.com for a look at the game, the philosophy, and the personalities that have made the Raiders one of the most storied franchises in sports. The Dynasty is at RaiderHistorian.com.
1: Just win, baby.
5: With all the talk of fake news today, it's getting harder to know who to trust. Thousands of websites, millions of opinions. Even the mainstream media has gotten caught in dishonest reporting. Now, if you're looking for information you can trust, why don't you try westernfreepress.com? At Western Free Press, they let you know where they stand and you can judge for yourself. No fake news, no feigned objectivity, just straight news and strong opinion.
4: feeding america is working to make that perfect
9: day a reality each year the feeding america network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste that food is given to families and children in need being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary learning to play an instrument building a sandcastle hosting tea parties hunger should never be an obstacle to
4: growing up you can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting FeedingAmerica.org.
8: Brought
7: to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
5: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than vitalvegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott?
9: Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere anywhere else.
5: And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com.
4: You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps
5: with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to one of the great opening acts in all of Las Vegas, Dennis Blair. Yeah, it's great, Dennis. You got a lot of stuff going on. And you also do some comedy from time to time over at The Flamingo, right?
0: Yep, yep. Uh, the X Comedy Show, which uh, closed about two months ago and then they, they were going to try something else but what they tried uh, kind of flopped. So they're kind of, Go, doing X-Comedy again on a week-to-week basis. So as of now, uh, X-Comedy is still back at the uh, Flamingo Hotel on uh, Fridays and Saturdays at 8 o'clock. And we're doing that.
5: Well that sounds like a lot and of fun.
0: If, oh, and, 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 if, and if they want to get the, my original stuff, it's on iTunes. It's called the Dennis Blair John Durkin compilation. So it's it, it, uh, 24 songs for like nine ninety nine, What a deal. What, what a, a deal. bargain. You can't get a better deal. You can't get a better deal than that. So if you <laughs> what go on a iTunes, bar- you get it up. What a bargain. It's fantastic.
5: Uh, Jackie I'm
0: Jackie Love. Tell me I'm Jackie Mason. I don't know why. This is a thing that happens to me every once in a while. You understand this?
5: I'm, I'm a sorry. big Jackie Mesa fan. That's a great, and, and that is a great impression. Okay, so and also let's go. Some people don't forget DennisBlair.com. You can find out about all this stuff. You'll be fascinated. You can buy things, and we can keep a track because I know there's more coming, Dennis, down the line.
0: I hope so. I am. I, I. I can't stop. I can't stop churning out this stuff. So
5: there you go. Thanks for being with us, Dennis. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Let's now head outdoors for a game that many of the headliners in Vegas are playing
9: gonna go out and play some golf, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go out and play some golf, my golf bag's full of the latest stuff, I'm gonna go out and play some golf, my putter alone with a thousand bucks, I'm
5: gonna go out and suck it, go, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, hit the tree, hit the tree, I really hate this stupid game. You know, I was driving in Las Vegas just behind the MGM. And I remember the first time I saw this thing, my first thought was, wow, that was like a driving range. And then as I got closer, I go, that's no driving range I ever saw. It's this incredible thing called Top Golf. And with us today, Brian O'Reilly, a partner in Top Golf Las Vegas. Uh, Top Golf, first of all, for people that don't know it, it's way more than a driving range, right, uh, Brian?
3: This is correct. It had to be more, more than a driving range to convince MGM to put something like this on the Las Vegas
5: Strip. Yeah, it's just an incredible entertainment thing. I mean, if you don't like golf, uh, you're going to love it. If you like golf, you're going to love it even more. Kind of explain, kind of bring us through exactly what it is, because it, it's got some of the remnants of a, uh, a driving range, but it's way more.
3: So imagine going to your best sports bar you've ever been to times 100, since we have a basically a three-story television by two-story wide, we've got a sports book built into the complex. So any game you ever wanted to watch, any sporty event you wanted to watch, you'd come here. Then put a, a, an intimate pool setting, a high-level intimate pool setting, that also has an incredible television outside, so you can watch any game you wanted to while sitting in the pool, betting sports all day. Wrap that around incredible food, incredible drinks, incredible friends, and incorporate the game of Top Golf, which is an interactive game uh, utilizing the game of golf with uh, RFIDs in the balls and giant targets in the outfield that allow you to basically play games with each other. So instead of just going out and hitting a ball and watching it drop, you're actually getting a score and competing against your friends and having fun.
5: Yeah, that's what's really cool about it too. You can take kids there. You can take, uh, you know, maybe your best friend or something that never played golf, and they're all gonna have a blast with it. Whereas, you know, you go to a normal driving range, unless you're a regular golf player, you know, it can be kind of dull and you get frustrated. This is just a blast.
3: Well, over seventy percent of the people don't aren't avid golfers or don't play golf that come to Top Golf. So. You don't have to be a golfer to come play. I mean, there's people playing in high heels and skirts. There's people playing in board shorts. There's people playing in bikinis. There's kids playing with their parents. There's little ones that are, I have my two-and-a-half-year-old I bring there, and he hits probably three little balls with our toddler clubs, and the next 15 he throws out in the outfield and has a blast. Yeah, it's fun for everyone.
5: It, it, it really is, and it's just another one of those great things, and I know there's top golf places around. How, how many are out there now that besides Las Vegas? There's
3: 26 total, but there's there's only one flagship, which is Las Vegas.
5: Absolutely. And just so I was going to say, uh, Brian, you know, it's like Vegas does it better. And I mean, going to somebody in Las Vegas and say, oh, let's go out to the driving range and it's in the summertime, so it can be 105, 108 or something. Uh, not too much fun. This is climate controlled, though, right? So you could be in there in pure comfort.
3: It is climate controlled. You know, we, we there's a, a data center named Switch in town, which is, you know, it's patented AC technology, the same people that helped design that helped design the climate control systems within Top Golf. So, yes, you're outdoor, you're indoor, but you know it's a comfortable environment, even though it's be outside.
5: If you're a people watcher, you're going to see, as you mentioned before, everybody there. There's even celebrities. I was looking at the list of some of the people that have been by there. I mean, you've had everybody from Gwen Stefani, Justin Timberlake, to Blake Shelton. Uh, it's just one of those t- type of places that everybody wants to come to.
3: You know, you can be yourself there. It's you know, as you know, Justin said, you know, I can come here, have fun with my friends, and see everybody and enjoy myself. So it's not a spectacle. I mean, everybody can have fun and be themselves there, which is great.
5: We'll be back with more from Brian O'Reilly of Top Golf Las Vegas. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
10: And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because pre diabetes can be reversed.
7: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre diabetes awareness partners. I'm here
5: with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach that does so much more than just business. Logan, do you find that people come to you thinking about business and ended up leaving where it's really about their
8: entire life? That's actually a great question, because what I find is that people often come to me and ask, am I a business coach, am I a career coach, am I a life coach? And I say, I don't care what you call me, because when you change any part of your life, so if we're talking about your career or your relationship, it's going to change everything. So when we make changes in one part, it touches every part of our life.
5: So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing?
8: Sure, you can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at com, and you can also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreedcoaching.com
5: are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds, or is your copay too high? You've got to check out the Rx Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website RxCutDiscounts.com. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Visit RxCutDiscountsAsPoral.com.
3: The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! Oh, what a great play! 19 yards and a Raider touchdown to make it 22-3. Chester had gotten free at the 5 and was all alone in the end zone.
5: That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have every week... Different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history. And if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com.
4: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
5: We are chatting with Brian O'Reilly of Top Golf Las Vegas. Well, you know what else is cool about that too, Brian, is you can bring a bunch of people. And unlike a, you know, a game at one of the top courses, that could cost you a pretty penny. The prices are really reasonable there for a lot of entertainment.
3: Very reasonable. You know, you don't even, you, you don't charge you to come into the facility. So if you want to come in and enjoy the facility, watch games, get a drink, you know, we don't charge you to come in and enjoy the facility. If you want to play the game of Top Golf, you know, there's four levels. So you know, on the first level, it's you know cheaper, and as it goes up by level, we charge a little bit more. But like you said, it's a very reasonable for what we're offering on on every level.
5: It's one of those great things that only Vegas does, where you take the high tech, you know, aspect of what's out there, all the best in that, and combine it with something like golf that everybody kind of understands at least, you know, what what you're trying to do, and then the scoring is rather simple. And I guess it's one of those things again where you can probably figure a way to play with the people of all different skill levels.
3: There's a simple game we, we play. It's called Top Pressure. It's one of multiple games that you can play. and It's similar to darts where there's nine targets within our one target, and you have to close it out like darts. And, you know, actually, Justin Timberlake is the first one I know of to close it out in nine shots. This has become a, a competition amongst many because it is. It sits right in front of the tees. It's a, a sand wedge away, and anybody can hit it. Even if you probably hit a putter hard, you can make it into the hole.
5: Yeah, again, I can't wait to, uh, next time I'm down in town, I I can't wait to go out there because there's just so many things you can do. For example, you can go, like you say, jump in the pool. I mean, this is really, really something. And and bet on your favorite sports. You can make a whole day of it there.
3: You can. You know, we built it to be flexible, too. So when you come to Top Golf, you're going to experience something different every time. You're working on beer festivals there. We have concerts now because there's a concert hall for 900 people, so... We have an intimate stage as well, which is our small lounge. So, when you come there, whether whether it's the afternoon or nighttime, you're going to see your experience something different. And that's what we wanted. To, that's what we wanted to build here. It's it's the experience in Las Vegas. You know, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened when I was at Top Golf. So. We've created that, and every time you come to every time you come visit us, you're going to experience something different.
5: Well, when you decided to build that, was that one of the things that you said, okay, look, we're going into a place that has, so when you talk about entertainment, there's more competition there than maybe any other spot in the world. So you had to make this different, right? I mean, it was something where and it had to be uh, the special location of all locations for you.
3: It is, you know— I, I I was born and raised in Las Vegas and you know I've experienced the you know the charity dinners in the ballrooms I experienced the corporate events in the ballrooms Um, and we wanted to create the next ballroom that was indoor outdoor and that allowed for people to have a completely different experience when they come here so we're giving that an ultra alternative that doesn't exist in Las Vegas and when you look at the pool scene it was time for something different as well you can sit at the pool and you know, watch watch people float by in the lazy river, or you can go to these day clubs and, you know, end up kind of, you know, ears thumping after a couple hours and wanting to leave. And we figured, you know, the things we're going to provide are the next level of entertainment that Vegas hasn't been offering yet. And so I think we're the leader in what, what I believe is the next level of entertainment.
5: You know, and what was nice for people that do bring a family, particularly like kids that are in the under 21, but they're past their puberty years. And there's really not a lot to do in some, for, for that group in some ways. This is a perfect place to bring somebody where you can really have a lot of fun and so forth and, and, and get a little feel of that Las Vegas excitement that sometimes escapes that age range.
3: Well, I mean, if you want to do age range or even just by party, for instance, you know, I bring my family there. We have an incredible two hours. The kids have a blast. Um, you also have the bachelor parties coming now. You have the bachelorette parties coming. You have the reunions. You have the people coming here for weddings. You have people coming here for corporate events. So you run the gamut, you know, of everybody coming to, to Top Golf that wants to experience something with their groups. So, we, you know, we provide that group place for everybody to have fun, no matter, no matter if it's a family, bachelor party, bachelorette party, or, you know, a corporate outing.
5: Fantastic. And of course, because it's Vegas, you know, the food's going to be great. And again, this is not the kind of fare you get at these type of places or even on a golf course. I mean, there's some incredible. Talk about some of the options we have uh, if we want to dine there.
3: You know, our our chef's amazing. We, you know, he's been in Las Vegas a while. He came from, you know, the cosmopolitan. We've created, you know, an incredible menu. You know, in in our cabana menu, we've got giant sushi platters that are just incredible. Um, we've got uh, a meat platter that, you know, is second to none with our giant uh, uh, tomahawk steak that, you know, a group can share. So all of our food is shareable. You know, we've got uh, skewers that have amazing steak, chicken on it. Uh, we've got good salads. Our pizzas are, are to die for. You know, our flatbreads are are incredible, and, and people rave about them. So when you come here, it's, it, it, it truly is just isn't bar food. It's, it's a food experience as well as a drink experience. At 2 a.m., we're asking people to leave because the place is still packed, and at 4 a.m., you'll be surprised on the weekend. And people are still not wanting to leave.
5: Well, and if people want to get involved with this, first of all, if they live in the Vegas area, this is a push and go all the time. But there are other Top golfs. What I found interesting, and I want you to talk for just a minute about, it, if you would, is you can really get involved with this. I mean, you've got what you call Top Golf U lessons, leagues, all sorts of things. So there's a whole laundry list of things you can do with this if you really enjoy it.
3: We're going to be launching here We're upcoming. We have a Top Golf Challenge, which is a nationwide, you know, basic tournament the finals will be in Las Vegas and the, the winners can win up to $50,000. So we're going to, the, the 26 sites around the country will end up coming to Las Vegas for these finals. On top of that, we do have, you know, top golf instructors that'll be teaching lessons. We're creating, we're creating uh, a, a summer leagues in the future so that people can come down and have competitions. Uh, we have scramble tournaments. So if you have a charity event, you like to throw that like, people are coming down here instead of going to a golf course and holding a, Scramble golf tournament where they can still do the exact same thing they do on the outside golf tournament with closest to the pin, you know, car giveaways, uh, silent auctions. So, you know, we we become the alternative for, you know, being on the golf course as well as the the event planning and the event throwing uh, location that people want to be in.
5: Okay, so people now are drooling and doing this. Let's tell them where to go. So first of all, if they want to find out more about Top Golf itself, where can we go online?
3: Golf Las Vegas.
5: Okay, that's simple enough. And then, of course, you're right next to the MGM there, but why don't you give people details on how to get there, what's the easiest way to get in, and so forth.
3: We are on the corner of Harmon and Cobalt, directly behind the MGM Grand. Uh, if you are parking at the MGM, you can valet or park. We have a shuttle bus that uh, provides transportation from the front of MGM to us, or you can pull up in front of uh, our location, which is the entrance just off Cobalt, and there is valet there for you to pull in and walk right in our building.
5: Outstanding. Well, we'll all check it out, and we'll check back with you maybe in a, in a few months and see how everything's going there. Best of luck to you, Brian.
3: Thank you so much. Keep checking the calendar because we have amazing amazing events coming up in the future.
5: Thanks, Brian. Don't stand behind me when I'm shooting.
3: You told me to stand over there, sir. Never mind where I told you to stand. You stand where I tell
1: you. I'm a- golfer you can ask my wife i've been out there hacking every day of my life i got the shorts and all the plaid sweaters that new taylor mid driver didn't make me any better man i hit them fat and i hit them thin i roll them in the bunkers man i hit them again slice them in the bushes crank them in the creek. I pop that sucker up and hooked it out in the street. Yeah, I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm Mr. Green to the left, just a little chili dip away. And put it all together, hit that son of a bitch right up there in the leather. If you call that good, and let me press on the side, you can put me down for a fight hey i'm a golfer most of us are but we carry our clubs in the back of our car what else you gonna do when you're out of town and you need to waste a whole day and shoot another round then i played augusta and i played pebble beach and one time at sawgrass i shot 83 if i live long enough V88, I think I'll celebrate it by shooting my head. Oh, yeah, I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm the Green to the left, just a little chili dippy with and put it all together. Hit that son of a try to bury the leather, and if you call that good, and let me press on the side. You can't
5: put me down for it, Oh Yeah. You can't put me down for it. When we come back, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of vitalvegas.com, tells us why in less than a year, the Lucky Dragon has closed its doors. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji.
2: You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. You hear it every time you finish a meal and never feel anything. But if we were able to associate this sound with a new stimulus... Save the food! We've achieved pulling a natural response from you. Save the food! Why are we doing this, you may ask? Save the food! Because this ad is trying to change your after-meal behaviour through brainwashing. Because food waste costs the average family $1,500 a year. Save the food. Cha-ching. And 1,500 extra bucks is like getting a pay raise. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Which could pay for your child's braces. (laughs) Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Check out my braces. So when you hear this sound, rethink your behaviour. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council.
7: I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to besd.us and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way, on time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design, because the voice you choose matters.
5: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week
9: on the show, but Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else.
5: And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right?
9: That is the case, (laughs) yes.
5: You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com.
4: Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
5: Time now for a visit with your Vegas insider, the great Scott Roman of VitalVegas.com. One big exciting thing going on right now is the Lucky Dragon. We've been talking about that uh, really all through 2016. It's finally open. Uh, what's your scoop on that? I mean, uh, I, I think I read on Vital Vegas uh, you were pretty impressed with it.
9: I did. I love the Lucky Dragon. It is. Uh, not exactly what you'd expect i was very happy that it opened early they had had some financial troubles leading up to the opening but they have opened it is geared toward an asian audience which is kind of a rare thing because a lot of the big strip hotels say they cater to asian players but it's more of kind of an add-on you know the uh, a lot of those big hotels will kind of they'll do a you know, they'll do a lion dance for Chinese New Year and things like that. But that's kind of a superficial understanding of that audience in that market. Lucky Dragon is specifically catering Asians. They are—they uh, definitely have skewed their table games and their slot machines to an Asian audience. It's the only resort in Las Vegas where you'll only find Asian food. But it is a small, very niche casino and hotel and I really liked it. It is a beautiful casino, so there's that. But it's on this tiny little plot of land. I think maybe three acres or something, and which is unbelievable when something like the like Caesar's Palace is 34 acres. So by by contrast, it's very small, and you can't get lost. So that's a big benefit. Uh, sometimes you when you're drinking, you get lost in these bigger resorts. But this one, you kind of you hit the wall and you turn around, you're back at your car. So. I found it enchanting. I enjoyed it a lot. I stayed in one of the rooms, very clean. It's new, so nothing to complain about there. Uh, It's a nine-story hotel, so it's not huge. Again, you can't get lost. They covered all the bases. I'm a big fan, so I will be back again. Well, that's it for today.
5: And remember, you can always listen to Vegas Never Sleeps online at VegasNeversleeps.com. Have a great weekend. This is Steven Maggi reminding you Vegas never sleeps Viva Las Vegas Viva
1: Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva, Las Vegas. Viva